The Grappling Hour is brought to you by Ludigear, athletic support items created by grapplers for grapplers. Fire Grub Meal Prep. Meal Prep. Done right. So here's the thing, guys. We're very excited to bring on our next guest. I didn't know what was in store for him because of the following. When you see that Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz are going to have a thrilling conclusion to their trilogy, if you want to call it that, I was intrigued to find out when you look through the list of names, they go, oh, hey, look, everybody, here's who's going to be on that card. And I look through and I go, eh, I kind of know this person. I kind of know this person. I definitely know who this person is. What the shit is this man doing on here? And I said, you know what? Rather than call him and find out where, you know, we're going to talk to each other on a messenger, I said, let's bring on our good friend Albert the Warrior Morales. Al, listen, I got to ask you this. If you don't mind telling us, how the hell did you get on this epic card? And how excited are you to be on this card, sir? Dude, I'm I'm beyond freaking stoked to be on this card. But uh, the how how did it happen, man? Just you know, honestly, the best managers in the game, Jason House, uh, Jeremy Luchow, and Jacob Praga. Those guys have been working with me and been searching for a fight for a minute, man. I've had actually like a couple of them turn me down, and we finally got this one cracking, man. Feels good to come back at home, fight on a historic event like this, man. Get to see Tito uh, get knocked out again by Chuck Liddell, so. Be good, man. <laughs> I like that you are you are taking a very very hard line stance on who you think is going to win. Uh, you you may have to appear in some press obligations, so I would uh, I would probably chill on that for just a heartbeat. But but think about this. Think about the fact that you you know you've been in the UFC, you've been in the game for a while. But I can imagine there's a part of you that grew up watching these guys fight. And now you're on a card with them. Can you tell me what that feels like? It's amazing, dude. Chuck Liddell is one of like the biggest inspirations I had, man. The Iceman was is legendary, bro. Like, like he's so legendary that when you play the UFC games, he's got his own shorts on. You know what I mean? He's not wearing a fight suit. You know, <laughs> that's how badass Chuck Liddell is. Um, so I'm super stoked, and I'm a huge fan of Tito Ortiz too. I just as as a kid growing up, I was more of a Chuck fan, so. Um, dude, it, it, it's an honor, dude. It's it's a, it's kind of like one of those moments where um, Bruce Buffer was calling my name, or when I won my first fight, and Joe Rogan had a had a uh, had a little fight interview with me, and it was just like one of those moments. Like I can't believe, like I'm living a dream. So it's definitely dope, man. Well, uh, tell me a little bit about your opponent because uh, I mean, are you you look like you're Diddy shimmying all over right now. So I need you to like you're you're Harlem shaking in front of the camera, and I'm like, yo, calm down, dude. 
Uh, you have way more energy than I do at 9.43 in the GD morning. Uh, but, but tell me a little bit about your opponent, my man. Uh, Clever Luciano, man. Like, like, honestly, I got nothing but positive things to say about the guy. You know, he's he's a pioneer in the sport. He's helped so many of the legends, including, you know, some of the guys that are fighting on the card, like Tito Ortiz. He's helped them out. So I have nothing but respect. There's no – well, there's never any animosity to anybody, but, but especially to a guy like Clever, I appreciate him sharing the cage with me and it'll be an honor to you know fight in front of you guys and against someone like that i thought it was really cool when i did see it was you and him because you know clever is very very well renowned with his jiu-jitsu um he's very well respected i know a lot of people love love him uh i don't see him a ton in mma uh but i do know he has that as a background so for me it was kind of dope to see like oh i like alan i like clever too so that's a that's a fun fight to see, and in front of an LA crowd that you can only imagine the the type of support both of you guys will be bringing to this fight. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. Like I know there there was a there was a limit to or a goal for them as far as ticket sales for us. We had like a certain number of tickets we had to sell, and I'm, I think we're gonna way surpass that for sure. <laughs> yeah, well that that is the nice part about whenever you see these uh, these local shows that are not local shows, they're gigantic shows, you know, like, you know, they have the feel of giving a lot of the hometown talent an opportunity to shine on a big, big card that's going to get a lot of attention. So you signed this uh, there. When did this fight get told to you? Like, when were you like closing it down? When did it happen? How did that work? Well, we've been in the in the works. I would say working with Golden Boy Promotion for about like a month and a half, maybe two months. Um, I got like for a minute, I, I kind of gave up. I was like, because we lost complete complete communication. It seemed like, um, but then out of nowhere, last Sunday, I actually got the message, "Yo, Kyber Luciano," and I was like, "Sign me up." Um, but the crazy thing is, dude, it's like I, I I ended up suffering a pinched nerve that same day. So I suffered a freaking pinched nerve, and then I got the new. <laughs> I was like in bed with my arm, and I was just like, "Fuck yeah, sign!" Right? <laughs> yeah, it was dope. It was dope. Um, so it's, it's it's fairly new. It's been a week old, um, and I'm just I'm just, I'm just freaking excited. It's gonna be the longest camp I've had in a very long time, and I'm fighting at home for the first time in a very long time. I'm, yeah, they I'm normally stoked. they've sent you every other place but home. Like uh, you're yeah. almost the opposite. I don't know what it is between you and Christos. I think you guys have some sort of challenge to see how far they can send you away from here because uh, that last Christos fight with the UFC when he's like showing the fans on his Instagram being like, they love me. And they're all like, you're going to die, fool. <laughs> Facts, bro. Bro, but one thing I could say about Brazil because I fought there uh, against Thomas Almeida in Sao Paulo. Um, they they love MMA, bro. They love martial arts. Like, they, they're going to scream, like, like I swear. Coming out, Especially, dude, because like at the face-off, I was like, I told Thomas, uh, I told him, Uva Mohed, I was telling him, you're going to die during the face-off, and the freaking crowd went nuts. So during my walkout, they were screaming that, obviously, but after my fight, they were like so like embraced. They, they took me and my girl, like, dude, we, we went around and had bomb barbecue. So like they hate you, but they love you if you go out there and fight for them, you know? I think what it really boils down to is at our core for MMA fans – in different regions especially, there are different levels to how we show our respect. And so I think that's 
an interesting angle when you've got people who are like, you got to die, fool. And you're like, can we work on the, the phraseology? Like, listen, we're not yeah. soft, but I'm just saying, like, I, wishing someone could die is not really what I'm thinking about if uh, I'm seeing somebody go out there. And, you know, man, I've grown up as a pro wrestling fan my entire life, so there's nothing better than uh, cheering and jeering at people when you've paid your money because I think that's what you get. Yeah. That's something that makes the sport fun. But uh, the first time I heard somebody tell me, it was like, yeah, what they're saying is you're going to die. And I was like, wait, I thought they were doing the Brazilian version of Hoop, there it is. Like, right, uh, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know what, like, that's what that means? Holy fuck. So, uh, but, but I like the fact that they take you around. They understood. They see that you fought. And I think there's an appreciation of that. Everybody has a different way. Every culture has a different way of showing their appreciation. Theirs just could maybe have better sayings. I'm just saying. That's all. Uh, but Al, okay. You've been doing a bit. We're going to come back to the fight in a minute. You've been doing so much that it's hard for me to keep up with you because I like to give you shit for never training with me. And you still haven't. But you <sighs> are competing in jiu-jitsu. And most recently you were competing at the High Rollers Tournament. I can probably understand why you would do that, but tell me how that opportunity came up, man. Oh, um, I, like honestly, like I, I, I obviously, I, I you know, I, I, I smoke and I and, and I mess around with THC and, and 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 CBD and all that good stuff. Um, but it's actually, I, actually, I just, I would, I would say, I started like around November. It's just when I restarted, um, and I feel like it's helped me out so much, man. CBD. Uh, obviously like has a bunch of health benefits but i actually use you know thc i actually smoke flour um on a daily basis and it and i feel like it helps me out man um so when i heard about this tournament with uh, the high rollers i thought it was really cool I, I, I started off following them liking them i actually heard it in the gym by uh blake troop he told me he's like yo there's a tournament they're offering like i think they say like two pounds of weed to the winner and i was like dude i just want to roll yeah. Like I get to smoke and then I get to roll. Like all I care about. Like I was like, that sounds cool. And I just liked and started following. Then uh Mighty Matt, the the guy who runs the, the the promotion, actually hit me up and he's like, Would you be interested in competing? I was like, Hell yeah. Like uh like to me honestly, dude, like it's never been about winning a pound of weed. I don't I don't think I could even smoke a pound of weed. I think it'd go bad by the <laughs> And you know, like other than that, like I, I guess I like I was actually thinking about breaking it out to the crowd if I would have won. But in reality, dude, I, I just wanted to roll. I just wanted to roll and have fun. I wanted to go open class and just have fun with it, you know. Yeah. And, and and the first tournament, which was a gi tournament, was probably hands down the best tournament I've ever been to. Like it was so fun. It was it was awesome. There was actually a bunch of. It was crazy because a lot of the guys from Worlds, IBJJF Worlds, were in town to compete, but. How many winners are at Worlds, right? There's yeah. three. Well, there's only one, but there's three. So then all the guys who didn't compete at Worlds were like, yo, I spent money on this flight. Time to get some money back. So they were actually, a lot of guys signed up for the for freaking High Rollers 1. Um, there was a couple of IBGF guys in my, in my bracket. And so I got some really dope competition, man. So the second one came around, and I wasn't going to do it. I was like, oh, I might, you know. Um, I didn't want to like shame my professor at that point because I know a lot of guys were kind of like backlashing it, and it's not that like I I, I think you know I, I think it's good for the sport. I think any type of light for the sport is good, and I think it's it's meant for like 
you know, you got guys with tattoos doing jujitsu. It's not just the clean cut guys anymore. You got everybody doing it, guys. You got cops training with criminals in the same gym. So but I feel like jujitsu. Let me just dispel something. Okay, first of all, I've never touched marijuana. Like, I, it's just not something that is my thing. But I've also never told anybody like, don't. Like, I think that there's a weird stigma about it. Whereas me, I'm just like, I'm just really not interested, but I also don't deny the science that it helps people. And, yeah. like, it's been so cool to see people educate me and give me more information on it. And if you don't see that it helps athletes, you're kidding yourself, you know? You, like, the the fact that now I've started to kind of understand, like, oh, CBD is so cool and I see the benefits of it. The last person we just had on, Chris Olvo, heads up, um, Black Belt CBD. So, like, everybody is really in the same fight. Now, what makes it comical, I'm sure if you're somebody who's an instructor, is when you see Jeff Glover smoking a Flintstones-sized joint, and you say, like, this is so absurd, it's got to be funny, and then it's actually yeah. getting more people to understand that that maybe breaks it out into a new audience. But here's what I would like to dispel, which is this. I don't think having tattoos or doing marijuana makes you a bad person. So I think it's one of the things where there are some coaches who don't want to promote drugs or abuse of drug use. But I think the point of this tournament is to try and break down that stigma and say, you know what, guys, it's actually really beneficial for you. And we are doing a tournament where, yeah, everybody, the point is to get high. But, like, you know, they have an honor system. So one of the things I wanted to ask you was, what was that process of getting high before you did go out there, though? Um, what was the pro? Oh, well, the process, like, it was pretty cool. Uh, you, you, the process was, the, for the first one, the second one was a little bit different. But the first high rollers, you would, they would call you up. They'd be like, Raph, Albert, you're up. Uh, they'd bring a joint. They'd spark the joint. And we'd have to take a couple hits of the joint and then hop into the match. And then you, you you were supposed to do that before every match, yeah, right. Um, but but like the 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 honestly, bro, honestly, I I I, so I I choose when to smoke. Sometimes I like like let's say if I want to get a little bit more creative, I'll smoke before jujitsu, mm -hmm. and I'll go roll and kind of mess around like way before. Like I kind of let yeah. it settle in so I can kind of zone in there. But I was so freaking nervous for this freaking tournament. Bro, because I don't smoke that much. Like I'm nowhere near as much of like 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 Nate Diaz. Those guys, th those guys blow me out the water. Like, and that's like super blown. Like I'm like, I'm basic, dude. And so like I like my I was talking to my wife and my friends. I was like, dude, like I just need to start smoking every day right now so I can build a tolerance because I'm about to be so freaking. I was so scared, bro. I swear to you, I was like, because like and then Blake Troop. I'm shout out to Blake Troop. That freaking dick. He was so pissed off. He was like, hell no. We need to smoke a joint after every round. This is bullshit. He's like, we need to get more stone. I'm like, no, bro, chill, <laughs> chill, man. <clears throat> and so, um, yeah, man. So, 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 I, I, it was a little nervous. I was a little nervous, um, but, but it, after, after, once you get on the mat, once you start rolling, it's just like anything, right? Meeting a new person, rolling for the first time, you get that anxiety. But then afterwards, you're like, oh, that was that, that was cool, man. We're chilling. You know, nobody got hurt. Let's roll again. And that's exactly what it was like, man. It was one of the best tournaments I've ever done. Too. Good vibe, good rolls, and good rolls. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was all good. I just laughed a lot because uh, they also had the video of people diffusing a potential fight and be like, no, 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 guys, weed, hold oh. on. 
Guys, seriously, chill. We are not these people. Now, exactly. <laughs> let us bring together the pipe of peace. Everybody cool? Awesome. Excellent. And, and, like, here's the thing. I think it is goofy in the sense that it does look silly. But it just, it's what it looks like. It's not what it is. I think what it is, is an interesting way of marketing a product to, or even jujitsu to a new audience. And I always appreciate when we can bring in people who maybe don't pay attention to what it is we do. And to be very honest, being able to see Jeff Glover compete and for, I believe, his last time as well in this format, I think it's a really good thing to be able to see him do it. And let's be honest, guys. Most of the people that you do train with are probably high. Because if you go to a 10th planet and you're not high, I'm pretty sure they use that same honor system and they're like, oh, get out of here. Uh, But I do know that there are a lot of people who... As I said, I've never I've never smoked weed or anything like that. But in rolling with people, I've definitely been high because uh, I've definitely gotten that contact high of being like, "Yo, you smoked so much shit, it went through me." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Al, here's the thing I really appreciated about it because you were a part of a, a set of individuals who fight MMA who are participating on this event. So there's nothing that makes me happier than seeing somebody like a Joe Schilling who I'm like. Yo, I know Joe is always like, my jits sucks, everybody. I hate it. But seeing him out there made me so happy because I'm like, good on him. And he's in a fucking gi. That's badass to see. That's what, yeah, dude, that, that was freaking sick. That was dope to see someone like that, of that stature uh, in Muay Thai. Dude, I, honestly, he's like, he's my favorite Muay Thai fighter, him and Kevin Ross. But, like, I think he's one of the baddest ones out there, dude, especially American. As then, who can you say is better than him? And, and so for him to go out there and throw on a gi, of all things, that was pretty gangster of him. That. And, of course, there's, and, there's a, an appeal to why people like Donald Cerrone and Mickey Gall go to a guy like him because you see them all kind of – uh, kind of collectively sharing what it is they're good at. So it tells me that I was like, yo, I wanted to roll with Joe maybe three years ago. I don't know why I want to roll with him anymore because now I'm like, yo, if you're learning from Mickey and Cerrone, like your grappling has gone up in leagues, my man. For sure. For sure. So that was a great experience. I really like that. But then I see you also kind of uh, making the rounds, competing a whole bunch. I see you at Crossing Gracie all the time. Uh, you know, what has changed about your training because i think on the last time i talked to you you said you've come so far in recognizing that kid that you were a long time ago when you were first starting mma you've matured things have changed but what has changed about your training over the years um definitely like just understanding how to organize my training understanding what session is going to be i do like today for example i'm going to do jujitsu twice right i'm doing it as soon as we're done here i'm heading over to carlson gracie i come back i do another session muay thai session then i go back to close out my night with jujitsu in the morning i'm not going to go out there and kill myself because i know i have a whole full day so today like i'm going to go work off my back work on certain things just kind of flowing just kind of getting the body moving right instead of whereas if i was training two years ago it's hard 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 every single time and then that leads to so many injuries so that's one thing i i do what i what i what i have noticed is that i realized that if i'm not 
at one or if I'm not flowing with my jiu-jitsu, my jiu-jitsu, my jiu-jitsu game is not on point. Nothing's on point. It's weird, man. It's weird. I don't know if it's the freaking bulldogs on the hand or, or what it is, but jiu-jitsu is like in my core and I need to make sure that it's constantly in tune, you know? Um, other than that, man, like just time management for sure. That makes sense. And here's the thing that I do appreciate about what you're doing on the side. So, you know, when I'm doing these things, there's a certain amount of time I'm required to be on air. And there's a certain amount of time that I'm supposed to make myself accessible and say like, hey guys, I'm doing this. All right, I'm gonna preview this. You're probably on camera more than I am now because I see you on Instagram on the daily, you know, you're talking about your grind, you're showing where you're training every day. Now, are you interviewing people? Because I see you like going live with somebody else constantly. And I'm like, listen, kid, you stay in your lane. Don't come try and take my job. This is what I do, goddammit. <laughs> no, I definitely don't want to, like, uh, not really interview, but um, I do want to dabble in, like, I wouldn't say a podcast, but I love, I love playing video games. Uh, I love, like, I, I've tried the streaming thing before. Um, I feel kind of weird talking by myself, so I've kind of like wanted to bring in my friends. I was thinking about maybe bringing in certain fighters, uh, talking about you know. Uh, I actually want to do something. I'm thinking about doing something where it's video games. Um, I would say, you know, THC, CBD kind of products, and then also like martial arts, sports, sports, like any type. I feel like everybody has a story, man. Yeah. My, my best friend Anthony has a freaking story. My wife Vanessa has a story. Everybody has a story, man. So I feel like if if everybody can share their story, other people can relate and grow from that. You know what I mean? So I feel like you don't have to be a celebrity to help people out. So I kind of want to share that out. I want to, uh, you know, just kind of use my platform to help everybody else out. That's pretty dope. And I mean, <clears throat> the thing I really appreciate for somebody like a Demetrius Johnson. It seemed like he was taking forever to get over with the fans. He was giving a great performance, great performance, and people were still like, nah, I don't really like you. I don't really care. And then <clears throat> he started making himself more accessible by going on Twitch and being like, all right, I play video games. This is what I do. And now I think there's a whole bunch of better understanding. Those same people were like, nah, he's not that great. Are now the same people being like, go, he's got to be in the conversation. I was like, I feel like part of that is he understood the UFC is only going to take you for so long. And then there's going to be some kind of after career. So I think him finding Twitch and doing those streams has been huge for him. I think there's definitely a market for uh, people who want to see video games and martial arts. Um, so I, I don't think you're wrong in that. I, I would I would watch that show. I really don't. I appreciate it. Um, I, I have a couple things that I like. I'm like working up on i'm excited for it but i'm um, definitely going to be more especially for this camp i i, I really want to focus on like committing to a couple of days a week with on on, on twitch um i want to post a little bit more I, I, I like especially in camp like yeah because social media is a job dude like i'm not gonna lie like it's it's like it, it like you'll see days where i don't post anything it's because it takes a lot on me and sometimes i just want to be at home with my family you know or, or even dude even honestly a car ride home by myself that's yeah. freaking fun I want to be by myself sometimes, but um, definitely, like, I, I feel like it's my job as well, though, because yeah. I feel like people actually enjoy watching my shows. I have people that uh, contact me on social media all the time, so I feel like it's not an obligation, but almost a duty or, like, like a responsibility but that I've given myself to. It is, though. If it was just as simple as go there and fight, then I think people would probably be even <clears throat> angrier about the amount of pay 
that they get as athletes. But you're a brand, dude. You have to be on camera. There's, you know, you might have people advocating for you to get fights, but when you're done being a fighter, those people are gone, you know? Straight so, up. So for Straight me, up. it's like you have to take care of yourself. It's the unspoken part of a job. And I think it's part of the thing that offsets where, you know, people like Steph Curry afterwards, they go to a press conference, they talk to people on the sidelines. Then when they go out and do their things, they have teams running their social media so they can say like, yo, tell, uh, tell Jordan I like that joke. That was a good one. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, <clears throat> but the rest of us yokels in jujitsu are like, whenever I do an interview, people go, oh, you have a team that edits that. And I was like, no, it's me. Straight up. <laughs> like, Straight that up. person is me. I go to the computer and go, all right, that joke sucked, but I better. <sighs> you know, like, you literally, you live, breathe every part of what it is that you do, especially in grappling. I think maybe two or threefold because it really is the passion of, of the fighting or the the grappling that keeps us going. So one thing that I was interested in asking you, because this is a grappling hour, it's a spinoff of Verbal Tap, and it's a little bit more focused on grappling is, I've been so curious because people always get asked, why did you like doing jiu-jitsu? The thing I like to ask is, what made you fall in love with jiu-jitsu? Do you have a specific memory or a moment that you knew you were addicted to grappling? I don't, uh, let me see, man. I don't know. I don't, uh, a very big moment was probably when I got my nickname, but I don't know, man. I think it's just like, it's something about choking your friend out, you know, pretty much taking his life away. And then he does this. And you let go, and then you guys go like, let's do it again. It's something about like almost breaking your friend's arm or having your arm almost broken and then saying stop, and then we continue to wrestle. It's something about that. Like I think it's like spiritual. It's a bond. It's it's a, There's a lot of things that just kind of click into it, man. It's just it's just something I've always just – as soon as I learned jiu-jitsu, it was just kind of – that's it, man. It kind of just stuck in. But I would say like a big part when I was like, yeah, jiu-jitsu is like – my shit was when I got my nickname, for sure. Do you have a moment, like, do you have a favorite grappling memory or something that, you know, because, I mean, you're identified as somebody who has a mixed martial arts background. So it's not right. just grappling. But do you have a specific grappling memory that maybe sticks out more than others or one that you just kind of go, oh, that was pretty cool. That was my jiu-jitsu that did that. Well, I have a bunch. They're all from tournaments and stuff like that. Tournaments are the best, man. I, I like if, if there's any white belts or even any other belt that you're nervous about doing a tournament or something like that, just get out there and do it. It'll teach you a lot about yourself, and um, it's it's legit. But I remember the first. Uh, it was dream. It was a dream tournament. Okay, uh, it was a dream tournament. I, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was before the baddest blue. So it was before like all that stuff. It was like when they were first coming out, and um, actually, I, it might have been. In v, is, does VMAC have white mats? Um, I mean, at the time, I think they were gray and black or something. You know, wait, hold on. Uh, we used to have the puzzle mats, which I think has taken years off of my back. So if you remember uh, puzzle mats, that might have been us. You might have come to compete at VMAC, if I remember correctly. But yeah, Dream, I remember you competing as a blue. 
Well, this was actually as a white. Oh, this is when I was. This is this was actually before I was even in jujitsu. Well, I would do no gi. It was actually called MMA at Elite Training Center. So I did MMA, which was no gi grappling, and uh, they 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 actually didn't want us competing. But I ended up sneaking out and competing. I was like, yo, I'm, I need to compete. Like I need like I was only like six months training, but I was like, I need I want to compete. I want to test myself. I mean, they, I don't. They weren't about I don't mean to, to put them on blast, but what is the prevailing thought of not competing? I, I don't really know. Uh, they, they've changed completely. Now they compete a lot now. No, but, sure. Uh, I mean, but, but for me, it's like, is it that they want you to get to a certain level and say like, hey, put in this many I think that's what it was. or something? I think that's what it was. That was, especially me being six months, like I'm, I was just like, sure. they're like, yo, chill out, man. You got to learn a little bit more. <laughs> sure. But, but um, I had already won a tournament. Uh, 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 a nogi tournament, uh, NABGF tournament. So I was feeling, I was feeling myself, and so I was like, I'm gonna sign up anyways. And I signed up, and I went over there and I competed, and I competed, bro. Um, let me give you. I'm, I'm gonna move my phone because it's about to die because I'm horrible at doing stuff. Like it's that. fine. But <laughs> um, so, so guy, uh, uh, um, uh, you know Dan Hubler? Yeah. Okay. So Dan Hubler. Um, I forgot his last name, but his name was Vince. He was a BMX rider, but he, he's a purple belt now. I think he trains out of autos. Okay. And uh, and Eric Medina, Darstein. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you've got Vince Croft and Eric Medina, two super solid competitors. Okay, and they're blue belts at the time. This yeah. is before Eric got his uh, – his, well, now he's a brown. Or is he a black now? Mm. I know he's a brown. But anyways, yeah. Um, so we're competing – uh, well, I got all those guys in my racket. I ended up, uh, I, 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 we, um, I made it to the finals against Eric Medina. So I competed against both those guys, Vince, and I competed against Dan. I forgot exactly. I, I think I won by a triangle one, and I won by points the other. And then uh, it was Eric Medina and myself, and I won a fight before. But it was Eric Medina and myself in uh, in the finals. Eric ended up darsing me. He's a dars knight, man. Uh, and I was, I was, I was kind of sad because I was like, yeah, man, I, I, you know, I came all the way out here and I lost. Turns out, and then I get, then I hear my name getting called. They're like, Albert Morales, Albert Morales. I'm like, what the hell? So I go up to them, and I was like, I got my medal. What's up? They're like, No, no, you're you're gonna compete. And I was like, What, what do you mean I'm gonna compete? Uh, you're gonna compete. Your bracket's up. I was like, I just I just competed. They're like, What are you talking about? You're at white belt, right? I'm like, Yeah. He's like, Your your bracket's about to start. I was like, So what the hell did I just do? I just I I had done I got second in the blue belt division against Eric Medina, which was freaking legendary, dude. And then I ended up going out and, yeah, and I ended up winning my whole white belt division also. So I ended up getting one gold and one silver. And uh, I actually still have that silver. That silver means a lot to me, man. It's, it's one of the uh, one of my favorite moments uh, ever training. And it was like six months into my career. Well, a true test of it to my home gym in being able to run a tournament of, well, we accidentally put you in the blue belt division. Uh. Oops. <laughs> But, I mean, I, I don't know that that's a VMAC thing, but that 100% sounds like something that could have happened. I, so here's my favorite thing about running a tournament, is that everybody is so preoccupied about, like, if you're an athlete, all you can do is tunnel vision and be like, oh my god, when do I go? When do I get to eat? Can I compete now? I don't want to wait. I don't want to do any of these things. And sometimes people do weird things, like completely nice human beings turn into these people of like, they look over your shoulder and they go, hey, um, when, when am I going? Can, can you tell me um, where, where am I, who am I going against? Right, I can't can, stand those guys. Can, and to me, I'm like, you're not like this person uh, when you're yeah. out of here. So the, there's always a heightened sense of crazy uh, whenever you run a tournament. But I definitely, 
I can tell you this. Eric Medina's Dars is not only super legit, but uh, he's, a, he's a beast of a human being in himself. So uh, that motherfucker is probably going to try and Dars me today. So I'm, I'm really not trying to have that in my life. Um, but Eric is a, is a game competitor. He's always been super good. Uh, Vince is, I mean, this guy, he's a, I, I recently saw he got into an accident. And he got into an accident. He got into, like, a motorcycle accident. Already went through, like, the surgery and stuff. And is already kind of looking out and being like, I'll see you guys back on the mats pretty soon. I'm like, this uh, guy is savage, a beast. Bro. Like, I... Yeah. That's not the first thing I'm thinking about. I'm like, yo, can I walk? <laughs> then I'm no, like, and then when savage. I can walk, can I get to the mats and how long is that? So, I think that's pretty cool. And you know what? I think a lot of people can relate to that uh, in terms of having those things of making the most out of their opportunities. So I'm glad that you were able to get that. And I, I know that Eric will get a big kick out of uh, hearing that uh, those are one of the big motivators that you get because, you know, you start to ask yourself, especially, you know, right now you're a purple belt, right? Yeah. You're rounding the corner, I know, on brown. But it's one of the things that as you start to circle there, you know, you're, you're looking at the next step of you're going to be a brown belt, which means pretty soon – that black belt's going to be in your future. So for me, like, I think I like asking this as well. What does that mean to you right now? Like, what does the potential of being a black belt mean to you in your journey? Um, it means a lot because it'll definitely be, uh, I guess, a milestone. You know, it's a big accomplishment to get your black belt. But I realized, bro, jiu-jitsu is just a never-ending thing. So I've kind of taken the belt out of it. I actually, mm. I actually, I don't know, like, I, I might be cheating, but I actually don't roll with the belt on if I don't have to. I think um, that is cheating. I think, you know, yeah. the whole point of it is, yeah, 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 this is the MMA no-gi side of you that's like, if I don't have this belt. Uh, no, no, hell no. I'll use the hell out of grips. I'll use grips all day. But I mean, like... <laughs> But I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't know, man. Like the the idea of belt is like, it's cool. I feel like it's a marketing tool, if anything, more than any. Like because, like, if I throw on a, uh, if if I throw on a black belt on a white belt, what what does that do? Like that doesn't do shit for him. Like he's he's a black belt in what? Like, and if I throw on a white belt, what is that gonna do? Like, doesn't do anything. Like it doesn't prove that you're a white belt. The only like I I do like I like belts. When it goes to, I would say, by years. Mm -hmm. Like, if you, like, get a certain belt after a certain amount of years or time on the mat, rather than, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I, I feel like it should take about 10 years to get a black belt, you know? Like, not five years. There, there are those certain special guys that compete all the time. And yeah, you have to belt them up because sure. they, are, they are. But, I mean, um, I, I really don't really pay attention to belts. I, the only reason why I want to get a black belt is so I can compete the black belt. You know what I mean? That's that makes sense. It. No, I mean, that's pretty dope. And and for me, I think of it like this. I've met plenty of people in my time who have said, I am this belt. And I go, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, like I, I commentated a white belt, all submissions legal tournament, which you want to talk about a, a true uh, suicide mission sort of grappling tournament. It's a team grappling version of it. And I thought to myself, I was like, some of these guys that I saw competing aren't just white belts. I know I've seen them compete as white belts, but like yeah. their their skill level and their understanding, even for their relatively short terms, uh, yeah. I would not qualify them as that. But 
it was dope because I always think of it like this. You know, somebody asked, they were like, why are you commentating a white belt tournament? And I was like, well, one, I'm addicted to hosting things. And number two, uh, they asked. But the real reason is this. I feel like even when I went to go watch them, there's something, one, that I can do in terms of, of spreading and, and helping people to understand or see something they may not see. But two, I think you can learn from everybody, man. I think some of these white belts, one of them did like this calf slicer from underneath uh, with his, uh, it was like a lockdown. And he was able to turn a calf slicer from lockdown underneath. And it was impressive. And Well, it was pretty funny until uh, I heard the knee kind of uh, come apart. And it sounded like someone ripped fabric and his knee was getting... No, 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 his opponent's knee. Oh, shit. So when he was pulling on on that leg, you heard, like, a, a rip that was, like, somebody getting cotton and kind of, like, a, a piece of clothing. And you heard it go, and I go, all right, I vomited in my mouth. Yeah, that sucks. That, we'll actually, I think we'll probably show it a little bit later. But anyway, it was a cool that entry was, that yeah. I'm glad that the human being that it happened to isn't severely hurt. But it was cool to see somebody that would be perceived as a white belt doing that. So I think belts are kind of arbitrary in terms of their meaning. They may have different meaning to different people. But, um, yeah, dude, I mean, I, I like where you're at right now. And I like the fact that as somebody who is an MMA fighter, you keep coming back to jiu-jitsu. Because uh, so many times you hear people who, when they have an MMA fight, may not be training in the gi. And they may not do those sorts of things. So I, I always appreciate those who are balancing it and making it a priority. Uh, appreciate you. So let's talk about this. We want to circle back to the fight. What is it that people can expect? Because uh, tell us the date. Tell us what's happening. Oh, my God, you're Thanksgiving. You don't get a Thanksgiving. I just realized that now. On the contrary, bro. We're fighting at 150, so I do get a Thanksgiving. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, one thirty-five yeah. is going to one fifty. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, not permanently. This is only because, like, I, I want the fight clever. Uh, can't make one thirty-five, so we actually talked about forty-five, and he's like, "Yo, man, can we do one fifty? Uh, I was like, "For you, let's do one fifty. You know what I mean?" Definitely not. Yeah. You know what? I like the cut of your jib, clever. I'll do one fifty for you, big guy. Yeah. I, I really hope that you went back and you're like, you know, it's not my decision. I got to go talk to my manager back real quick. Like you're a car dealership that's like, right. I don't know that I can like, do oh, that. I- <laughs> yeah, shoot me a little bit of that person. Maybe we can make something happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, so we're at 150. Uh, it's, 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 it's a pretty big time because uh, on the 22nd is my daughter's uh, is my daughter's birthday. She's turning seven. And then uh, on the 25th, it's my best friend's birthday. So, and earlier that month, it's my sister's, but she's a little too far down the line for us to really count. <laughs> uh, but I, it's a pretty big month, man. I get Thanksgiving. Like, everything works out pretty freaking dope, man. Um, I'm freaking stoked, dude. I'm not, like, like the, it's at the forum. I get to fight at home. Like, dude, there's, there's just so many freaking good things about this freaking card. I I feel like I've been in fight camp for about six months. Mm. Like, it feels like uh, because my boy Shaman fought at the L.A. card. So we were in camp. I was in there. I dedicated mm. my, 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 my body to help that guy win that fight. We got the W. Um, 
And then right after that, we had Bubba Jenkins fighting at um, AC. Uh, was it uh, Brave yes. for the belt? And so I hopped right into that camp. So hoping, as I'm in those camps, I would get a fight with short notice. LFA was I was praying for that, it didn't happen. Um, so I've been in camp forever. I, I, I it almost felt like I had an injury month. Like I just kept getting sick and injured for a month after yeah. that, and then I get this call. So um, I feel I, 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 I feel mentally matured in the sport i understand con concepts and stuff like that man i'm i'm excited man i feel like this is the grown-up albert that 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 should have been there a long time ago man and and i'm glad that everything that happened in the past helped me develop into what i am today and and you're you're about to see the best albert and it's going to be in my hometown in my home city can't i can't man can't ask for a better opportunity that's beautiful dude and you know it's nice uh i want to take a moment to acknowledge uh your teams uh I mean, obviously, the work that you do with Black House, the, the the killers that are in that room every day, I know uh, bring out the best in you. So, I mean, I, I'm looking at the number of people and champions that you're in a room with on a regular basis, and it, it's easy to understand why the hustle is there. Bro, let me add something real quick. So, you're talking about, like, the legends and champions, right? Mm -hmm. Leota Machida's got a fight coming up at Bellator. And he's coming in right now, and just like like I can't I, I I didn't train yesterday, so I got to watch and just watching the way he thinks compared to everybody else is freaking nuts. Like whenever I see Ander whenever Anderson comes in, like everybody's like, oh, let me go spar with Anderson. I'm like, I'm just gonna sit back and watch. <laughs> I want to see like what's like what's the mindset that these guys have? Like what are they thinking? Like how do they react and stuff like that? And it's just another level, man. Like, uh, I feel like I'm. Uh, I feel like we. Like, I have similarities in the way they think, man. I feel like we think the same way. They're obviously way more inexperienced, and they have it locked down way the way more than I do. But just watching them, man, just motivates me, dude, and appreciates that I'm at a spot like Black House, where I call it the home of the legends, dude. Like, and anybody who, you know, you know and love probably came out of there, dude. Even Chuck Liddell trained there, you know. So it's just like. Black House, I'm, I'm just honored to be like part of the next generation and the next part of uh, legends that get to come out of there. That's pretty dope, dude. Well, uh, give my best to everybody there. there I, I know a lot of the individuals who train there. I've had the, the benefit of being able to train there. Uh, we recently put up a photo, and one of my homies uh, put up a note that just goes, Raph, is that you training at, at Black House? And I was like, yeah, I, I went to go visit there. It's the best picture ever, and it's because it's from Vince Cachero. And he yeah. took a photo of me. That when I saw it, I go, oh, I look too good here. I, I've never looked that oh, good shit. in jiu-jitsu. Like, it's, it's a really out. solid photo. And he just, like, you know, Vince in his very nice way just goes, Raph, you deserve that. And I was like, I don't know that I do. You're too nice, dog. <laughs> He's the freaking nicest guy in the freaking world. Him him and Alan Joban are the two nicest guys in the freaking world. I swear to God. Those guys, I love them to death. Man. I've yet to meet the Disney prince. Because, oh, Joban, uh, I'll tell you this. I don't know if I've told you this before, but I think Karen Bryant was trying to instigate us once. Because oh, she, like, they were saying something, and I think I referred to him as a Disney prince. Which is not even a diss. It's just no, like, no, but look at him. He looks like he was animated by Disney. And then all of a sudden, Karen Bryant, like, he just kind of came in. I don't know if he thought it was an insult. But Karen Bryant came in and just goes, you guys got to grapple. That's what you guys got to do. And I was like, Karen, you're trying to kill me. Listen, yeah. 
I, this man is going to murder me. I'm not saying I won't train with him. I just recognize power levels. And I understand my grappling power level is this, and he is an MMA fighter. Uh, so anyway, I've yet to have the pleasure of uh, running into him at some point, but I know our paths will cross because we're literally at all the same events. Every single local California show, he's there with his boys, he's there cornering, he's there getting hype. And I mean, as nice as he is, I've seen that man get excited and Bro. crazy hype for his his team, dude. Bro, he he's he's the fucking man, bro. He's a, he's a, he's like an excellent role model for a lot of your younger fighters, dude. He like I see like you said, bro. He's at a lot of fights, bro. Yep. I've 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 yet to be at a local event. He's at more shows than I am at this point. Yeah. I I get to go there and not see Allen at a fight. Man. He he he's dope, bro. You know, he's good looking. He's a nice guy. He's freaking buff. He's a and he can fight. Like fuck you, right? <laughs> But that's why I want to make it seem like when I wrote that it was a Disney prince and I wasn't sure if he figured it was like a compliment or I was just being like, oh, dope, you know, because I'm sure you get a lot of haters. But I was just like when I saw him respond, uh, I don't think he was really like super pissed, but I wanted to be like, you aren't allowed to be pissed off when someone calls you a handsome gent because let's be real. Your face is too good to be fighting. And uh Anyway, but what when we meet, I'm gonna still 100% call him a Disney Prince because let's let's be real. He looks like Ariel is supposed to be falling in love with him uh, from the Little Mermaid. Um, let's do this. Where if people are interested in seeing you fight, can they pick up tickets? How does that process go? Tell us where we can uh, get those, sir. So tickets are gonna be uh, well. Through me, right? This is a. Uh, I'm back to the ticket sell game, so I have to worry about selling my own tickets. Sure. So if you guys want to see the event and you're not supporting anybody in particular, help a brother out. You know, come out there. Um, what are you talking about? Actually, if you, you know, hey guys, if if you're not going to support anybody, how about this, motherfuckers? How about you pay for your friend? I'm so tired of everybody whenever they have a new product or whatever being like, "Yo, pay for my shit," and I'm like, "I will, I'll support you." I'll be like, "Yo, pay for this fighter," and they're like, "Ooh." I don't got money. Uh, I can't. It's like, here's what you guys got to know. These guys are killing themselves. They're putting it all on the line. Albert has fought multiple times. He's a hometown guy. I really think you don't owe it to him, but I think you should go out and support the local homie. So if you guys have the opportunity, pick up the tickets from this man. Uh, you know he does well for jiu-jitsu. You know he pulls it down there. You know he's not disrespecting his opponent in Clever. He's really excited to be upping his game level against a very solid opponent. And let's be honest, guys. As much as he says he's going to have a Thanksgiving, you don't eat that crazy two days before a fight. So he's not really getting a Thanksgiving. It's facts, man. Appreciate you, bro. Um, I'm also thinking about – well, I'm also going to do – I'm going to do a – an actual seminar once the tickets come in uh it'll pretty much be a free seminar right because anybody that buys a ticket will be able to go to the seminar or anybody that goes to the seminar gets a ticket so um i haven't figured out the details i haven't worked it out i'm not sure if it's going to be at one i haven't figured out the exact location but it's going to go down i'm thinking about maybe doing two um and 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 as soon as that comes up, man, you know, follow my Instagram, Warrior One Three Five UFC. I need to get that UFC out of there. That shit drives me nuts. <laughs> um, like, hey, look, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the UFC. Like, there's well, no doubt in my mind. Let's. I'm I mean, think of it this way: it's a good motivator. 
as much as it, it, it is uh, annoying to have on there and be like UFC. Well, I'm not in the UFC right now, but shut up. I was in the UFC, and I'm coming back. That's it. That's it. Like you know, I just want to be remembered as the best bantamweight of my era. You know what I mean? So um, that, that that's it, bro. And and I feel like that's where the UFC is, where that title is. You know, that's where you can get the most out of it. Yeah. Or you know what, honestly, bro. Like once you get that title. There's a lot of opportunity out there, man. Absolutely, so dude. I got I have ideas in my head, but um, yeah, dude. So for uh, Warrior One Three Five UFC, I'll, uh, I'll be I'll be posting up about tickets and stuff like that. As soon as they get to me, then I can start kind of figuring stuff out. But yeah, I appreciate that 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 marketing, whatever that that awesome speech you just gave. It's important, <laughs> dude. I'm I'm tired of people not supporting their boys and and their female. Uh, counterparts I'm just saying like it's a tough business to begin with and I'll tell you this much as weird as this fight is between Tito and Chuck it's happening and I do agree to this I wasn't super stoked on them having a third match for two reasons one I'm very concerned with their health <laughs> they aren't but I am right but two when it did happen I said to myself at least they're going to give people opportunities. And that's going to bring in a card and that's going to bring in attention. And when I saw your name was on there, all I could think of was, you know what? This is the karmatic good of this event is I got one of my guys who I like, who's one of the people who's always been good for us on our show. He gets an opportunity to fight in front of his home crowd. And you wouldn't have that unless these guys give each other more uh, uh, brain concussions in their head. Nice. Facts. So that's that's something that I, I had to deal with. And I was like, you know, I, I told myself, I was like, I don't really need to see this fight. Because the other second part of this is, I don't think there's been any question as to who's won the previous times. So it wasn't like you were sitting there being like, I wonder how Tito will do now. Right. And then you think to yourself, you're like, nah, he's way healthier than Chuck. But what if Chuck lands? Oh, no. What I'm stoked for it, bro. <laughs> I'm freaking pumped for it, man. I'm like... <laughs> They're not really like I, I say like you were about to see like Sylvester Stallone fight who, who did he fight in that movie man yeah great uh, match yeah uh, De Niro so it's like we're about to see two old guys fight but man not like like they look good man and I, and I think um, yeah Chuck was getting knocked out a lot but he's taking a, he's taking a long time you know because he was getting knocked out towards the end of his career like remember when Rashad Evans knocked him out but. I think he's taking a long time, so I think he, he, he you know, he might be rejuvenated or, or something, man. I'm just hoping, but I, I'm excited, bro. I'm stoked for that fight. As I think, it's, I be, think it's an even fight. I think it's a fair fight. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if anything, and I, and I know for damn sure, Chuck is not gonna pull no fake fight. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. I'm not gonna say, you know, I'm not gonna say oh, what's wow. fake or not. That last, that last Tito fight was a little suspect. I'm just saying. I'm we just saying. <laughs> I was I, I can't let you leave on that. I, I gotta I gotta quick do an amendment on that. We just talked about that on the podcast this week. So people were comparing the Tito choke that I dubbed at the time when he submitted Chael, uh the dumb dumb choke, because I was like, I don't think that's under the chin, and you can get submissions without being under the chin one hundred percent. But Chael's shoulders were to the mat and it was just really weird but they were trying to compare that to what Khabib was doing to Connor and I was like let's not confuse the two yeah, I have I, way yeah. more stock in Khabib's grappling ability 
and the positioning that he had. Whereas Tito, when he did it, had that look of, is this a choke? I don't want this wrong. So, yeah, it was a little suspect. And then, you know, of course, Chael pays it forward this weekend by doing the worst uh, front roll anybody's ever seen when attacking the back. And that's what makes people have to say during a press conference to Scott Coker, ah, was that was that staged? And if you think right. about that as a question that you have to be asked as a professional organization, uh, you, you really have to sit and think about the fight that you just provided. Even if it wasn't, you still have to sit there and go, man, people are really asking me this question as a professional league. That's that's not good. That's not a great sign. Straight up. But on the contrary, last thing, I'm sorry, I always got I feel that Bellator's been killing it lately. Like I, I, I think I I think they've been killing it and I, I you know, huge shout out to them. They they're 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 killing the game. And I feel like what makes it even more better, other than the great fights, man, you got all these dope fighters coming in there. Uh, that were ex UFC fighters that are still trying to fight, but they're also showing like a little bit more love to the younger guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like, there's a lot. Obviously, you have the superstars like Aaron Pico, but um, Leandro Higo got a look at that point. You know, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of young dudes that are that are kind of blowing up and, and they blow them up like that. So I, I appreciate I, Bellator. I appreciate all MMA uh, promotions, man. They just give us all more opportunities to compete. Well, that's that's the whole personification of uh, Tito and Chuck, which is okay. Yeah. Oscar De La Hoya is putting together this. So, you know, the other appeal to people, if you want to support individuals and you want to give more opportunities than just the UFC, you got to support things like this. You got to support things like Bellator and get behind it. And the nice part about Bellator is now I think they're getting that stride of, yeah, they're taking some former UFC stars that were established and built through that system. But those guys are supposed to be the draw for the new guys to come in and get their opportunities to yeah. be seen. So for yeah. me, I, I understand the method of it. Do I think this was a true heavyweight Grand Prix? Eh, maybe. But I'm not not entertained by it happening. And it's not right. like I'm losing any money from it. I'm just going like, oh, I mean, Chael isn't really a heavy heavyweight. But at least we got to see him in, uh, you know, the Apollo Creed uh, outfit before he died. Uh, Shit up. <laughs> which reminds us that you should probably not dress up like Apollo Creed before a fight uh, yeah, if you if you want to go ahead and win. Uh, Al, Any other, <laughs> well, the one thing that I will say this fight got me to do, which I've never done before, which is when they did the background press sort of stuff, the little EPK things, they talked with Fedor and he goes, yeah, Rocky IV is bullshit. And I was like, <gasps> don't you dare say that. That was the first time Fedora's ever said something that I go, oh my god, do I not like you now? Yeah, you're a dick now. Shut up. <laughs> but, but it was very funny. Um, well, Al, let's do this. Where can people find you? Tell us uh, some uh, shout-outs for your sponsors. Let's take care of all these people right now, my man. Awesome, man. Well, you can find me on Warrior135 UFC all the way through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I'm Albert Morales. Uh, I have a fan page, Albert the Warrior Morales. Uh, best way to contact me, I would say definitely Instagram. That's the one that I'm most on. Not on Snapchat too much, but I am there. I would appreciate the follow if you guys want to give that there. But Instagram is where it's at. I want to shout out my teams. Those are the biggest things, right? Um, Black House MMA, obviously. Carlson Gracie team. Standout performance. Uh, Dr. Park, working with my striking coach, J Dr. Jason Park at Boxing Works. Boxing Works is also family, so appreciate them. Uh, 
want to shout out to my family at the UFC gym in Torrance. Uh, I started working there about, I would say, six, six, seven months ago. Built awesome relationships with my students and, 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 and with everybody there. Dope spot. Um, Team Warrior, obviously. Love you guys. Belize. And the, the guys that are helping me out, uh, well, have been helping me out, man, for, for about, like, I would say three, four, five months. Want versus Need has been there for, I don't know, almost a year now. So Want versus Need is one of my favorite sponsors. Big Al, Uncle Al, thank you, bro. Just got a package for Nogi Worlds. We're coming for that next. Um, oh, and Turp House, man. Turp House, uh, number one. I, I, think it, I think they're the number one supplier in MMA. They, they're the only guys that I know that actually – pay and support and help us train you know what i mean they they're like yo you're gonna you're gonna shout us out well we're gonna help you train man and, and and you know they help pay for some bills and help pay for a lot of stuff so not only do they provide dope cbd products dope thc products dope, like bath bombs and all kind of good stuff anything that you need they got it um but they also help fighters man the stuff that we were talking about you know they support you, you scratch my back i scratch yours so turp house is awesome uh, awesome company that i've been working with and um, those are the two major ones right now um but we're looking for more sponsors, especially for this fight. Help us out a little bit. We have medicals that we have to pay. Haven't had to pay medicals in three years, so now i got to pay those. So any sponsors out there that are interested in helping me out for this fight, more than welcome. Um, and thank you, guys. And thank you, dog. Ah, whatever. <laughs> I but what I do is pretty easy, so it's not uh, anything there. I'll tell you this much. Here's what you've got on your trajectory. You are going to go do your fight. You're going to go win. Afterwards, we'll chat. I'll give you I'll give you your time to go and do your thing over at Nogi Worlds. And then you gotta come train with us at some point. I'm I'm so tired of the only time that I see you here talking about grappling with me is doing this. And then I see you in person, you're like, Yeah, we got trained. Oh man, yeah, we gotta train. I was like, You are so I mean you, I wanna call you lazy, but you're actually doing fights. <laughs> but you gotta find your time to come train with us, sir. No, I do definitely do. My bad, guys. I got two more shout-outs. Two more oh, shout-outs, dude. A couple more shout-outs. My bad, guys. So one Brazilian samurai. He's been helping me out. Also, one of my one of my favorite dudes at at, at Black House. Elon, obviously the manager of Black House. My wife Vanessa, my best friend Anthony, and my brothers uh, Fumacino. Love you guys. And um, oh, I had one more. Uh, oh, and then obviously. Uh, me and my me and my former coach coach James we we don't train together but guy helped me out through all the freaking ups and downs of where I came from so um, I constantly refer back to his concepts his ideas his metaphors his freaking quotes so I live by a lot of things that he's taught me so I always shout him out or I, I want to start shouting him out more often just because we're not together doesn't mean he didn't help me out so definitely that guy too that's and that's cool. it that's pretty cool of you I'm uh. I'm appreciating the fact that you got very Hispanic on uh, the amount of people that you're shouting out. Uh, leave it to brown people to not be able to be like, well, no, wait, my cousin, uh, my my grandma, my Nina. But, hey, dude, the only one that's really, like, Mexican was Vanessa. Like, my best friend Anthony is, like, he's, like, half black, so he's mainly black. And then, and then, and then, and then my brother, Fumacino, He's little smoke. He's he's black as hell too. So and then my coach James. So ain't none of them Hispanic. So but yeah, no, no, sure. I'm not I saying don't... that you're you're shouting out brown people per se. I'm just saying you're, you're like, doing you're it very in a brownish. very Hispanic way of being like I want to shout out uh, Uncle Theo, uh, my my cousin Johnny, 
<laughs> this one guy that I met on the street. Um, anyway, Al, uh, thank you so much for your time, my man. Uh, very much looking forward to seeing you compete next week, or not next week, next month at the Great Western Forum. And, uh, dude, wishing you all the best, man. I'm going to look forward to seeing you after that, my man. Appreciate you, bro. Can't wait. All right, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, Albert the Warrior Morales, thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful, beautiful Tuesday afternoon. I'll talk to you later, buddy. Hey, Robbie.